Good morning. So Pastor John asked me and a couple of other people to talk about what God's been doing in our lives lately. And a couple things came to my mind after I looked a lot closely because it took me a while to realize some of the things he's been doing. So one of the main things that came to my mind was how he's been giving me a lot of opportunities to share my faith with other people. A lot of this is because since we've been growing up, a lot more people have become a lot more opinionated about certain things and willing to speak out about it. So a verse that came to my mind when I thought of this is Proverbs 12:18. Uh, this is the New International Version, and it says, Reckless words pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. So there we have a verse that kind of tells us how powerful words can be either way, either for good or bad. But so I kind of thought about this and how I can apply it to when I'm talking out about my faith to other people. And I came to the conclusion that it's kind of hard because there's not one rule that you can just say that solves all your problems with different people's reactions to what you say. So I kind of realized that there's two different audiences that you sometimes talk to about your faith. There's Christians and there's people that don't believe. Uh, I kind of learned that when you're talking with people that don't believe, it's easy to come across as judgmental and that it's important to make sure that you're loving through the whole thing. And if you're not really sure whether to talk or not in a certain situation, it's a good thing to pray. So that's one thing that I've been thinking of a lot in my life. The other thing is when you're talking to people that aren't Christian, are, are Christians, uh, it's a good thing that God wants us to use accountability with each other, but he also doesn't want us to judge each other. And that's an easy line to get yourself into trouble with. But So I just thought about that and how I think it'd be help if we were all a little bit more lenient with people when it comes to accountability. So yeah, let's pray. Dear God, thank you that I can talk to you this morning. Uh, I pray that you'll give us wisdom about when to speak out about our faith and when to hold our tongues. Uh, I pray that we will be a good image of you and what your son was like. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. Um, so about four years ago, when I was 13, um, my heart was kind of open to uh, who I am today and who I would like to become. Um, it all started when I was able to go on a mission trip to Peru with my dad's soccer team. Um, given that I was 13, I was, I was overjoyed. Uh, I mean, going to Peru when I was 13, it, it was awesome. Um, going to hang out with um, some college kids, my dad, um, and just sort of share the word of God with people that may not know. Um, and, uh, well, given that uh, I grew up in the church, um, since I was young, I've been a Christian, I never really had my own faith. I was always sort of leaning on the faith of my parents, those around me. And when I went to Peru, uh, it kind of dawned on me that I, it wasn't really my faith. It was those around me and my parents. And seeing the passion that some of the guys on my dad's team had for Christ, um, it made me realize that I wanted that faith. I wanted to be that passionate about um, Christ. And seeing that Jeff Crone, the missionary in Peru, um, how that he's using his whole life to share the word of God and um, teach other pastors how to be pastors, and he's teaching at a seminary right now, it just... It was amazing. Um, and from then on, um, 
I've been trying to strengthen my relationship with Christ, and um, it's just, it's been great. Um, and recently, I've been blessed with the opportunity to go back to Peru again for another missions trip with my dad's team. So in about three weeks, I'll be going back there. And uh, again, I'm very excited, but I suspect that this trip will be a lot different in many ways than the last one because this trip, I will be 17 instead of 13. And now that I have um, my own relationship and it's stronger, I'll be able to sort of teach those people down there and be able to share my experiences. And instead of just being the 13-year-old that sort of follows my dad around and sort of does what everybody else does, I'll be able to be my own man and sort of, um, I guess, carve my own path when I'm down there. Um, next year, I'll be a senior at Fillmore Central School, and uh, I'll be one of the bigger kids there. Um, so I really look forward to having all the little kids sort of look up to me and um, sort of be that, um, I guess, father figure in the school that I'll be able to, I guess, talk to them, and they will listen because I'm bigger and they sort of look up to me. So... <laughs> Um, no matter what I do. Um, so that's kind of what's going on in my life and how God has been working through me. Um, let's pray. Um, dear Lord, I just thank you for this great day. Uh, thanks that the sun is shining. Um, it may not be as warm as we might hope, but um, it's still nice out. Uh, thanks that um, the youth got to do the service today, and thanks that you just blessed it with this opportunity. And um, please help the, the seniors from high school that just graduated to um, have the transition to college be, be nice and go smoothly and just for all of them to continue to um, see your work through their lives. Amen. Judges 7, 19 through 22. Gideon and the hundred men with him reached the edge of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch, just after they had changed the guard. They blew their trumpets and broke the jars that were in their hands. The three companies blew the trumpets and smashed the jars. Grasping the torches in their left hands and holding in their right hands the trumpets they were to blow, they shouted, A sword for the Lord and for Gideon. While each man held his position around the camp, all the Midianites ran, crying out as they fled. When the three hundred trumpets sounded, the Lord caused the men throughout the camp to turn on each other with their swords. The army fled to Beth Shittah toward Zerah as far as the border of Abel Mohola near Tabith. Now, you have to understand, Gideon is a simple man. He is the least of the weakest clan in Manasseh. One day, while he's threshing wheat, the angel of the Lord comes to him and tells him to go defeat Midian, who is currently holding Israel captive. Now, for obvious reasons, Gideon is a bit uncertain about this, but the Lord tells him that he will be with him, and so, eventually, he goes. He takes with him 23,000 men. But God says that's too many men, that if they win, Israel will say her own strength has saved her. So he sends 22,000 home. God says that's still too many, so he sends even more home until there are only 300 men. 300 men to defeat the Midianites, who are so numerous that their camels are like grains of sand on the seashore. Yet, lo and behold, they go down to the Midianites' camp, blow trumpets and break jars, and God causes the men in the camp to turn on each other with their swords. As a rule... People base strength on physical things, the size of an army, how strong the men are, how good their weapons are. But we see in this passage that the real strength of this army comes from God. Too often, I think, we attribute our success completely to ourselves. We say to ourselves, I've worked hard, I've been strong and determined, 
and that's why I've been successful. We assume that if we just try hard enough, if we just want things enough, we can make them happen, when really, most of the time, all we can do is pray. We can't make miracles happen. The power to do miracles comes from God, not from man. The strength to do impossible feats comes from God. Our strength comes from God. This could be a frightening thought, the idea that your strength comes from an entity other than yourself. But I don't think it should be. I think it should be reassuring. We don't have to try harder, be stronger, more courageous, because God does it for us. He's the all-knowing, ever-present God of the universe. He is stronger than we can imagine, and he loves us even when we ignore him and disobey him. He protects us when we cannot protect ourselves. He keeps us safe when we are in danger and gives us courage when we are weak. And he does all this because he loves us more than we could ever imagine or comprehend. Psalm 27, verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid?